Thanks for listening to the audio of 717 Church. This is a place where we continually strive to worship Jesus as the King with our lives, wreck our personal kingdoms to build His kingdom, and live out God's Word in the way that we interact with others. For more information, please visit 717.church. Good morning, I'm Pete Segrist, along with my lovely and wonderful wife, Faith Segrist, and we'll be reading the scripture today from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. We've known uh, Pastor Jeremiah for 15 or 20 years, probably like many of you here have, and I can honestly tell you he, in all that time, is, has always been a kind, empathetic, energetic, well-spoken servant leader. However... <laughs> He also has not changed one bit in physical appearance, which is great because he is a handsome man, but occasionally that does cause us to wonder. We love you, Pastor Jeremiah. First Peter chapter 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and witness of Christ's suffering, who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that never fades away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourself in humility toward one another because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your anxiety upon him, because he cares for you. Be sober, be watchful, your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom withstand steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world, and the God of all grace, who called you unto his eternal glory in Christ, after that ye have suffered a little while, shall himself perfect, establish, strengthen you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. So I just realized that from now on, I'm a little nervous. Everybody intros their reading of scripture for I'm going to get roasted, which is fantastic. Um, yeah. We're going to get into uh, the scripture today. We'll get uh, start to unpack that in just a minute. But one of the things we always recognize, there's a lot to communicate, especially because we're trying to start uh, a church, starting to get this thing going. And so we're trying to do that well. Uh, if you don't get an email from us, uh, let us know. We'd love to communicate well to you. Social media has stuff also, but it's it's a lot to communicate, and we all know uh, delete button is our favorite thing when it comes to emails, correct? Yes? Yes, right. So, uh, Pastor Rick, uh, pa Pastor Rick, I was going to call you Pastor. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, us three are serve as elders along with John uh, Weaver. We'll share a little bit about that this morning also. But we want to kind of give you a little bit of update so you have some communication and then we'll get into the scripture together. So Pastor Rick, you want to start? Yep. Good morning. Again, Rick is my name. Um, if we haven't had the chance to meet, I would love to do that. Um, and it is an honor and a privilege to serve as leadership and an elder here at the church as we see God do amazing things. We've been uh, not quite eight months old, 
and look around, and God's doing some really cool things in this church. And so we're just blessed to be a part of it. Um, along with Matt, along with Pastor Jer, uh, we also have John Weaver, also serves as one of our elders. Uh, he's not here today. So John, uh, this past week, just to make you guys aware, especially because he's you know, one of our leadership, he's one of our church, uh, he had a massive heart attack this week. Um, was it this week, right? Last week. This, these last two weeks have been a blur, all right? Um, but it was last Wednesday, um, Laura had called uh, Jer and just said, hey, John's uh, had a heart attack um, and we're being rushed to the hospital. At the time, they were babysitting their kids down near the King of Prussia area. So he got rushed to the hospital. Um, Jeremiah came, picked me up from my office and we rushed down, not knowing what we were walking into because Laura called back and said, he's coded, we're losing him not sure. And so it was quite a whirlwind of a time, And but God, God is not done with John. He is uh, home now. He is well. Um, he's recovering, and he is a, actually a walking miracle. He literally is a miracle, and there's a whole story behind it um, that they'll, I'm sure, share one day, but it's literal a miracle that John's still with us, and so super cool. But I just want to take um, kind of the start here. Can we just pray for John as a church? I mean, he's not here, but he'll probably listen to this later on the website, so he'll know where we know we he'll he'll know we love him as a church. Can we do that? So, God, again, thank you um, for life and for the gift of John and Laura to this church. We're so thankful for how you miraculously. Uh, kept him here. Um, thank you for medicine. Thank you for doctors. Thank you for care and the amazing care that he's had these past two weeks. Um, and as he recovers at home and uh, just does some adjustment and uh, a new normal now, God, I just pray that you would be with him um, as you already have been and are, but God, in a, in, a new, in a new way, just that your presence would be felt in a great way to the Weaver family. We're so thankful for them the blessing they are to this church. And uh, again, pray for speedy recovery for John. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Also wanted to say, if you are new with us, so this is a gather week. We call these gathers. That's what we're doing here today. Um, and so th those happen on the first, third, and actually we also gather on the fifth for Sacrament Sunday. The second and fourth weeks are our connect weeks. And so next week happens to be one of those. So we have uh, breakfast groups that are happening. And if you would like to hop in one, you can check out um, the just a little information there afterwards. You can hop into a breakfast group, and we would love to do that. And then the second and fourth weeks um, coming in September are going to be our Connect Weeks. Uh, so we want you to, you'll be hearing more about this in the few weeks to come, but we would love for you to connect into a Connect group, get to know a small group around you, start doing life together. Um, those happen on Sundays. We'll also have uh, an available um, opportunity here at the church building where we'll have a, a class setting where you can kind of dig in deeper into the word. That'll also be offered if you're not connected to a group. That'll be offered here also. So more to come in that in weeks, but we just want to let you know we want you to be connected because we're better connected. That's for sure. Matt? Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Matt. Uh, I also serve as one of the elders here. And I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on on financial stuff. We'll do a full update on this in September. But from the beginning, um, 
whatever it was now, probably 12 months ago that we started these conversations uh, about the church, the heart of the church was to be a giving church. And so, um, and to live generously because you all give generously to the church, we want to then in turn be able to do that back to the community. Um, so with that, we've decided that we are going to essentially tithe. So 10% of what comes in is going back out. Um, and in June, end of June, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. End of June, we had roughly $19,000 set aside in that giving account. Um, we're also intentionally keeping about $5,000 aside for um, needs within the 717 church body. So with that, we are giving currently to four organizations that we either have cut or will be cutting checks to uh, in the coming weeks. Those are... Uh, TNT Youth Ministries, Bridge of Hope, um, Warwick Community Chest, and Hope Inspire Love, which will actually be here today um, sharing a little bit. Um, I will say this, that you guys have given so generously financially. Um, Some of these organizations also really, really are in need of people and time. Um, My wife, Lindsay, and I'm going off script here, I apologize. my wife, Lindsay, actually volunteers for the Warwick Community Chest, and financially, they're in a really, really good position. Um, however, they do not have enough people to deliver meals. And there's a process by going through what you have to go through to be able to do that. There's training and that sort of thing, but they're actually in a position where they may be looking to have to cut how often people are able to get meals, not because they don't have the finances to do it, but because they don't have the people to actually deliver the food. Um, so if that is something that you are interested in doing, please connect with, with me or Lindsay, and we can connect you with the community chest on how to get involved within that process. Um, but there is a need of, you know, you talked about resting and doing those things, right? The opportunity to create margin in your lives so that you can give back of your time is also super, super important. Um, so we recognize that and are thankful for the finances that you all have been able to give. Um, but the community needs believers in the body of Christ to step in um, with their time uh, as well. Um, and also thank you all, as an aside, for being gracious in our parking situation today. There are a lot of you here, and I promise you that if we knew there were going to be that many bicycles here, we would have warned you in advance. <laughs> so. Um, thank you for being gracious in that, and then I'll yeah. give to Jer here. All right. Thank you. Uh, you guys, yeah, you can go for it. All right. So last thing, just want to share, uh, when we're talking through, we did not start this church in order to, uh, there's no anger, there's no malice, and we're not starting to recreate the wheel. What we've realized is uh, this idea of relationship towards Jesus is basically, we've now found things that we want to try to make sure we communicate well to. So I want to put a slide up here, if that's possible. Okay, so I want you to see how the leadership structure of the church, this is kind of where we're at and how we want to grow into, okay? And so my belief is that as we fulfill what the Bible calls towards elders, if we can set that structure and then also underlying, uh, basically, we're going to find a new word, or maybe we won't, I don't know, but deacons, because so many people have like a thought of what a deacon means. 
But basically, we want you to see it. So if you look at the left-hand side, I'm going to explain it quickly, and then we're going to talk about a little bit about what eldership is, because that's our section of Scripture today, okay? So uh, starting to the left, uh, that would be me, the little blue guy at the top left corner, okay? And then if you look at the top row across, uh, this is how we want to function. So every area of the church has an elder over it, and then we'll integrate. They won't Day-to-day, they will not be in the operations, but they'll be a part of a team that looks to engage in it, to be a part of it. So if you ever have a question, you can go in kids' ministry. You can go to the elder and go, hey, we need to talk about this. And they can be integrated. Not because I want to do less work, because at the end of the day, all that, all the weight still falls on the left. But we want to make sure that you understand that leadership is invested. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. So you see groups, kids, outreach, care, operations. Now that's just a start of a list. I'm sure we'll eventually have more, but that's where we want to grow into over the next couple of years, where you have an elder over each one of those. And then underneath, we want to uh, look to make sure that we build a healthy team. My goal is to never overwhelm you with what church requires of you. Instead, if we can break this into pieces and then hand it to each other and be able to engage with the body, many hands make light work is my concept here. And so that's what we want to. And so uh, staff members, uh, Lord willing, who knows what that means, right? But uh, will fill in as a part of those teams, but at the end of the day, they'll still report to me, okay? Now, I know there's gonna be questions, especially you guys that geek out on this kind of stuff, but I just want you to see how we're kind of structuring this and how we're gonna move forward. And I am going to continue to give you as much information as possible so you understand. So the heart is going, you're going to easily be able to know who leadership is in the church. You're going to easily be able to talk to them. They're going to be engaged. They're not going to be off in a room making decisions. Instead, they're going to be invested in what is going on in the day-to-day life of the church. Does that make sense? All right. I got a head nod. All right. So we're going to talk through, oh, wrong chord. I'm going to switch mics here. When it comes to uh, Ephesians, okay, funny part, real quick, so we can all take a breath. Last time I was teaching, uh, I kept referencing Paul, and it was actually Peter, and we were in Peter, and I was still referencing the wrong one. So I went back and listened two weeks ago to the message, and I was like, wow, Jared, that's really bad. So um, anyway, so we're in First Peter, and as we kind of close this, uh, we're kind of eight months into 717. And honestly, we don't even really grasp what God's doing, okay? We've got new friends. We've kind of opened up some doors in people's lives. Jesus has kind of moved uh, in a whole lot of ways. We've watched people take steps of faith that we didn't know were coming. Uh, And so one of the things I just want to kind of walk is this is not a movement. We're not trying to recreate anything. We're not trying to say we have the corner of the market. Instead, what this is, is this is a commitment to worship Jesus as King and allow him to completely change our lives. If you're ever not sure what this is about, this is always going to be about Jesus is King of our lives and I want him to run my life. Okay, so you'll always know that's always going to be the goal. The goal is not me. The goal is not 717. The goal is Jesus as king and I want to worship him. Okay, I did not see this coming. I frankly, I don't even understand what's happening today. But instead, my hope in all of this is going, I want to be obedient to what God's calling us to. Scripture reminds us that there's nothing new under the sun. So what this is, is going after life-giving obedience to Jesus as King. 
So you heard a little bit about where we're headed. Uh, and this portion of scripture, I want to thank Shauna. Shauna grasped, man, hey, this is a perfect time to kind of give an update and talk about where we're headed. So you heard a little bit more. You're going to continue to hear a little bit more. But when it talks about shepherding the flock, a lot of people use Bible terms, but they don't actually then try to do those terms. Okay. And we want to understand a shepherd as someone uh, who is invested in the life of those around them. And we're helping to walk towards something better, which is Jesus. Okay. Now, have you ever come across somebody uh, where, and I'm going to, I want to be gentle when I say this, but you ever come across somebody whose insecurities are just obvious to everyone else, but themselves, you know what I'm talking about? They, some of them, they usually lead with a flex for the younger kids. You know what I'm talking about? Their title, their status, the things they own or places they've gone, <laughs> social media. <laughs> but this is why when people, when we're trying to start this whole concept, I hate the question. I can tell you this. I hate the question. Does anybody want to guess what the question is about church? There's a lot of questions. So how many people are coming to your church? I hate it because then I'm like, I want to tell you the truth, but I, I don't care, right? Because it's never about that. Yes, people say that all the time, but that's okay. But what it happens is it's so easy to compare each other based off of something instead of going, we're taking a step towards Jesus. That's what I want our mark to be. That's what I want to be. That's what I want you to call me to is going, we're going to take a step towards Jesus together. Yet inside the church, we do the same thing. Uh, you know, depending on what essential oil you use, you could be pretty, you could go pretty far with people if you're like, well, I use lavender mint and, you know, I'm just kidding for those that use essential oil. All right. So the section of scripture is so vital though for where we're at right now because the heart and actions of leadership of every organization becomes clear quickly. The more you integrate, the more you interact with leadership of any organization, you're going to know who they are, right? Anybody think that they knew somebody that, but they didn't really know them and then they got a little closer and they go, oh man, Right? So listen to these sentences from scripture. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Just listen to those sentences, not under compulsion, but willingly. How many, church world or not, how many people you know somebody who is stuck in a position they don't actually want to be in? Or maybe we want to go the opposite and we're going to say we're willingly stepping into this because this is what God has for us. There's space in us. There's not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering, but being examples. These statements are refreshing to me because the hope is placed on Jesus, not on the organization, not on the person. The weight of all of this, Jesus carries the weight. The spiritual effectiveness of this part of the body of Christ is based on the grace, 
that Jesus gives and our willingness to be obedient. Our effectiveness to reach others for Jesus is based on his grace that he gives us and our willingness to be obedient to him. That's the truth. If you and I never take a step of obedience, we have not done anything in our faith, right? I did not, and I do not save people. None of us do. Jesus does the saving. Jesus does the work. We instead are going to walk towards, we're going to encourage each other to take a step of faith, right? There is freedom and perspective here though. Because of the suffering of Christ, I get to do this. Now, many of us are like, man, I've had some doozies, right? We talked about suffering a couple weeks ago. You're like, I get to do this, I guess, right now. But because of what Jesus has done, we get to do this. And so when we talk about shepherding, shepherding that is done is an active work that is lived in the trenches of each other's life. A good shepherd is with his people, an active shepherd is hanging out, knows each other. An active shepherd is at work being with people so that we know what is actually going on. That's why we want to have the structure that we have is going that there's not this far off room to try to make a decision. Instead, there's people invested in each other walking towards Jesus. It's not a general that sits in the back of the battle. Instead, we know each other. We can see the activity of the spirit in each other's life. So think about this. Think about the people that know you. Think about the people that care about you. And think about when you're trying to lead people and you know them really well. You're like, oh, this one. This one tends to run when things get hard. All right? We love them. We're going to keep pulling them back. Because this one runs when it gets hard. We're going to keep grabbing them and pulling them in and saying, we're going to walk towards Jesus together. Or this one, this just, just sits here. It lays down almost and just keeps eating and, and, and eating. And, but we need to push them. They've got to go take a step. We've got to get up and go, right? And what I mean by that, we can sit and listen to scripture and never actually do anything with it. Been to church 17 straight years, but I've never actually done anything with it. Or number three, this one is crazy submissive, right? It's easy to get along with. Man, this one over here is so easy to get along with, but never or is full of fear to do anything. You know those kind? Oh, they're easy to hang out with. We'll put them around. We'll hang out with them, right? Or this one, this one's got a pretty bad limp. Had some rough goes back in the day. I heard the stories of what they went through. They need some extra TLC. That's what a shepherd should do. A shepherd should know what's going on in each other's lives to walk towards Jesus together, right? And then there's always that one. Well, this one, well, that one likes to headbutt the shepherd. Never turn your back on that one, right? Uh, my son and I fit that category pretty well. Um, but we get this sideways because we confuse our gifts of wisdom, leadership, and discernment for making us Jesus, Okay? It's easy in leadership to lean on your gifts instead of walking towards Jesus. The universal church will continue long after I'm gone, will long continue after 717. As elders, we must be invested but committed to pointing to Jesus. Not us, but we are, set, we are called to set an example of how to live. 
The goal is not 717. The goal is the kingdom, right? And so that's why I love verse five is so vital, okay? It goes, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, right? Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I have heard many times where people, especially older people, have quoted this verse in order to force someone to follow them. And what I've learned is most of the time, anytime you have to quote a verse to get someone to follow you, you aren't worth following. So here's my thought. I'm amazed at men and women who continue to invest in the next generation. This is why, especially Christian teachers, either private or public, we should be encouraging them because they are invested constantly in the next generation right? Anybody that's Christian and living their faith and pouring into the next generation, this is why student ministry is important. This is why kids ministry is important. Is not so we have just a place for them to go, but instead we want to be leaders of people that are pointing people to Jesus, right? The older we get though, we feel less connected and then we stop investing in people, we have to be in the trenches. I have to be in the trenches, right? I don't get to launch my kids at Lord willing 18 and then be done. That's why the verse says, be the example. Okay, now we're gonna walk through a couple steps. Uh, Jaden, is it possible? Do I, have, uh, do I have slides? Okay, good. Um, <laughs> that's good. I just got nervous for a second. Uh, real st- is all five of them in one slide? Yes, that's good. Okay, take a second. Everybody loves a list, right? We talk about many of us here are control people. Uh, We like to control the circumstances. We like to control the things that are going on in our lives, right? And so a lot of times we hear a list and what we hear is what we're not good at. And so what we're going to do is take a second and go, okay, Spirit, what do you want to say right now? Okay, so take a second, look at the list and which of those stick out to you because the Spirit's moving in you, okay? All right, you got your one, two, three, or for me, it's all five, right? Uh, for, the goal is never to put lists in front of us for us to be better in all five categories. Instead, it's the spirit moving in us. And we want to allow Jesus to work in those things, right? Four steps to a better life are only good if all four steps are towards Jesus and not a better me, right? Hear me. Four steps to a better life are only good if they're all towards Jesus. A better Jeremiah is still broken, okay? Instead, these are moments to see Jesus move in. These are questions of ourselves of, okay, God, I know in this area I need you. And so what I'd encourage you is whatever it is that's kind of stuck out to you, that's an area for surrender between you and Jesus, right? Okay, I'm gonna walk through them quickly. Humility, I'll just say this. Pride and selfishness are the base of most of our sin. Pride and selfishness are the base of most of our sin. And so when we move from our pride and selfishness, that means there's an emptiness. The spirit has to move in so that we have more humility 
towards what God is doing. Number two, casting anxieties. Many of us, right? If depression and anxiety are overwhelming this world, but scripture says, I know you. Scripture says, I know what's going on in your life. He's calling us to take those things and cast them. Cast them and then not run and pick them up. And I understand it's not just easy, right? It's not just like, oh yeah, this is done. No big deal. I just threw it, right? Instead, it's going, I'm going to have to keep casting. Okay, I have to keep casting, okay? Sober-minded. Uh, to be sober, to be calm and collected in spirit, to be temperate, dispassionate, and circumspect. Many of us, I get wound really easy, okay? It's not always bad. Get excited, like, especially when people are on, like, hey, how's it going? Let's party, right? Like, but to actually walk through life and walk through the situations of life and to be calm, cool, and collected is rare. Especially if it's an issue that we're mad about. Number three, resisting him. We want to resist, right? We want to resist Satan. Okay, so many of you hear that and you go, ah, there's something I know I'm still like, I'm dancing with him. I'm not even resisting, I'm kind of dancing, okay? Suffering, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. But listen what he offers us. Okay, I'm gonna read the verse. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Listen to that. He himself will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Every single one of these words are identity words. Our identity is either rooted in what he is or who he is. Every single person, every single one of us in this room is looking for these words. Restored, confirmed, strengthened, and established. Right? It's what we're after. And so the scripture ends, it's a, or this section says, verse 11, to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Every single moment of our lives, it has to end in worship. Our lives is worship is our answer and our destination. You and I deciding that our situations are for his glory. You and I deciding that our suffering can be redeemed and we're going to trust him with that situation is worship. You and I deciding that we will let Jesus deal with the roots of our issues and stop just dealing with the symptoms, that's worship. You and I deciding to bend our knee to the king is worship. And so we're going to finish our time here this morning. Uh, one of the things as we step into and want to build relationships in the organization is we want to build relationships that say this is similar and so Amy Thurston's with us with Hope Inspire Love. She's going to share. She's going to take it from there. But we want you to hear, man, discipleship and that relationship with people towards Jesus, man, it's life-giving. And so as we finish First Peter, this is what we're after. We're all going through stuff, correct? Every single one of us and every single one of us need Jesus. And so Amy, you want to come up? Can you guys give Amy a hand? Thank you. Wow. I love hearing you preach, Pastor Jer. 
Guys, it's an honor to be with you this morning. And one, man, what a word, what a word for all of us and how we go forth in our communities, how we serve, where we work, um, and just how we love one another well with excellence. And so if you have not heard about Hope Inspire Love, I'm wearing a shirt to represent an event we have coming up, but we are locally empowering survivors in our community to flourish and thrive. That word flourish came from a survivor that we work with for the last three years who was abused and used by her father and scripture was said over her. So Pastor Jair, when you were sharing about, you know, the dominance of scripture being spoken over in power, this young woman, that was how her abuse started. And the reason Flourish came was because we were starting to build this foundation of a relationship. And I guarded talking about scripture for the first year or who Jesus was in my life because I knew how hurt she had been from the church and the community. And by year three, we were opening up the word of God together, looking at scripture, talking about how God was doing a work in her life and how she was flourishing. My word for that year was thrive and hers were flourish. And so when we were building up some of the part of our organization, we knew that had to be the word flourish and thrive. So Hope Inspire Love is here locally. And what we're doing is we are providing prevention education in our community, helping our schools, businesses, our families understand what is going on in our community. This isn't like the movie Taken. This is literally your kids could be on a device in your home and somebody is luring them with a fake relationship connection through gaming, through social media. And we're trying to help parents and educators understand this is happening right here in your own home. They don't have to be taken off the street. They can be taken from your home. We're going into businesses. We're, we're educating uh, pregnancy centers and helping them say, women are coming into your place. Have you thought about asking them these questions? Talking to businesses to say, hey, you might have partnership with third-party vendors or other organizations, and do you realize what this could look like? And what we have seen is everyone that we've been educating has said, we've missed it. And what we say to them, but now you won't miss it again. And if you didn't know the basis of how we were started, it was because of my husband on a train ride going into Philadelphia who saw a teenager being trafficked. But he didn't know the signs. He didn't know what he saw. But the Holy Spirit was telling him something wasn't right in that situation. And when he locked eyes with that young woman, he knew there was darkness, but he didn't know what to do. And he froze. Think of how many situations we've seen in our life, right? And we walk by and we're not sure and we don't do something. And so he has made it his mission and his cause that he is after the one. Just like the shepherd, right? He went after the one. And so everything we do is for that one. So every woman we help, it's for that one. And as Pastor Jair said, so many times people want to know, well, how many people are you helping? But our heart and mission is if we're helping the one, then we've done our job. And so if we can get one more woman off the street, one more teenager services that they need and somebody healthy in their life, then that's worth the one. So as we're doing prevention education, we realize we need to do outreach in our community. We need to bring awareness to what's happening. And so as you see, we have a booth here today. You got a flyer. We have a freedom walk coming up. Uh, we have a video we'll show in a little bit too. And our freedom walk is all about taking steps for survivors in our community. And I think sometimes we miss how many of us have walked through something in our life that we can say, I'm a survivor. 
I have walked through this, but I maybe I haven't identified as that. And I, I'm not saying that you have to identify as a survivor, but I'm saying we've all walked through things that we've walked through trauma or experiences that has shifted us, right? Shifted our focus and what God has done in us. And so what we ask you to do is come walk maybe for yourself and your healing. Walk for those that are still trafficked. Walk for those that are with us on that journey. Because I have to tell you, we've been doing this. We've, we started five years ago in doing this Freedom Walk. And when we have seen people show up in our community, we all wear black. That's why I'm wearing black today. And we're wearing a shirt that says, okay, what's that about? People in the community start saying, I, I want to be a part of that. And when we walk silently through the city, we're handing out flyers about statistics. I don't know if you know this, but 60% of children that are in the foster care have been trafficked. The average age of young people being trafficked is 12 to 14 years old. This is a $150 billion industry and 1.2 million children are at risk every year. Think of those statistics. Every 30 seconds, somebody's trafficked. And so when we can bring that awareness to our community and we can walk for the one, we're showing our community that we're standing up for that one. And so what we have seen is survivors have joined us in this walk and they look at me and they go, Miss Amy, are they walking for me? And I said, yeah. I said, because they believe in your healing journey. They believe in your success. And they may not know who you are, but they're standing for you today. And I said, and when you want to give up, look at those 200 people walking with you. And then they tell me, but I'm walking for the one that still isn't rescued. And I said, but that's what it's about, is that you're taking that step. So we would love to invite you to join us on that day. Because there's something about walking through the city. And people that are at market, we walk through their breakfast that's going on, which is really fun. It's like you're walking silently and you're handing out flyers. But we had people come up at the end that saw people in the market and they said, hey, I see you're wearing that black shirt that says Freedom Walk. Were you part of that? And they said, yeah. They said, man, that was powerful. You didn't make any noise. You were quiet, you were respectful. But there was just this presence that came with you. And that's the heart. We, we provide that presence that we walk into communities. And without having to use our voices, we can take a stand and be bold in what we do. And that's where we're seeing. I mean, when you have police behind you, you have the community behind you, that's why we do what we do. And the third part of what I was saying of, you know, we do the prevention, education, outreach, and then this trauma-informed mentorship. The reason, like I said, flourish and thrive is because we walk along survivors right here locally that are from Lancaster County. We've started providing services in Harrisburg and now King of Prussia. But right here, guys, in our community, there are youth and young women trafficked every day. We are getting referrals from agencies, centers that are saying we have kids that it's been identified and they need help and the people are not equipped. So what we're trying to do is equip our community as well as walk along survivors for a minimum of one year. And you guys are helping us do that. What a gift to have a partnership with a church that says we see you, we see the work that needs to be done. Because when we go into these agencies, we don't charge. And they say, why don't you charge us so we, you know, for your services? And I said, because I want to see that these young people and young women see that the community is behind them, that the community supports their healing journey. And also, how many of us know when we go see our therapist, we're paying them, right? We're paying them to spend time with us. We go to our doctor. They're, we're paying them to give us a prescription or a diagnosis. When we ask teenagers, what would it look like to have a mentor in your life? As somebody that understands the complex trauma you've walked through, they said, I want somebody that's not old and somebody that's not paid. Now, time out a second. When they said old, I said, what does old mean to you? 
They said 45. I got really nervous. <laughs> but what it spoke to me was one of our best mentors is a grandma. And everyone fights that she would be their mentor because she sees them where they're at and walks through. She knows how to walk through the hard. And so like Pastor Jer was saying, the ones that are hard so often we will dismiss because we're like, that's too complex for me or that's too much. But can I tell you, I have learned more from the survivors than I feel like I've given to them. When they tell me, Amy, you need to slow down. You need to take a rest because I need you healthy for me. Man, what a wake-up call. When they're challenging me on my life and when they say, are you sure you love me? Of course. Have I gone anywhere? Because everybody else has walked out on them. And so what we have done is prepared a program that through relationship of walking alongside these young people to help them in the community get back on their feet, get along with maybe the foster family they're with or where they're residing or their mamas. We have women we work with that have kids. And their, their husbands don't know how to walk through this or their spouses are not safe. And we're providing safe places. So you guys are allowing us to go in the community, provide these services for free. And what these teens have said is, oh my word, no one's paid to spend time with me. You just want to spend time with me. How many of us would love people that want to spend time with us? We don't have to pay to ha have them spend time with us. And so I just want to thank you for allowing us, one, to share the heart of what we're doing here. And to let you know that it's not just a short-term process, right? We're not a short-term fix for our community. We are not a six-month like, hey, let's, let's get you on your feet and see you later. Our heart is to see restoration happen. And these wonderful women get back in our community and to see them sitting amongst you. And you would never know who they are, but you know them by their name. And you know they're here and that they're loved and they're supported. Because I have to tell you, they may not be ready for Jesus at first, but if they have people that can wrap their arms around them and they can watch your life and watch your example, they're going to want to follow Jesus. We've not had anybody turn away from us talking about Jesus once we've built relationship with them. So you're allowing us to show Jesus by how we walk alongside them. And so earlier we were talking about how do you get involved in organizations? Some organizations need funds. Some of them need volunteers. We need it all. <laughs> I'll be transparent. We need more mentors for our minors. These youth that are in youth intervention center, that are in foster care, we need mentors that we can prepare. We equip you, we train you. You get trauma-informed care. Walk alongside this young person twice a month. Do life with them. I'll tell you, it's going to change you more than you realize. And if you're thinking you're going to fix them, then I don't want you. I want someone that says, I just want to build a relationship because it will transform your life. We have other volunteer opportunities within our organization with helping with events, trainings. We, we train healthcare workers, businesses. If you love education, come see me. We love going into schools. If you have connections for schools, we'd love to be able to get into the schools. And third, we really need the financial support. I'll be honest. Just like Pastor Jerry, I, we stepped out in faith. Our organization has been around. We started in 2017. And for the first three years, it was all about education and prevention. And when we took that step of faith and really started doing our mentoring and getting into our community, we, we need the finances to sustain our growth. We need more staff that can come alongside um, building up our programming and what we're doing. And so we just got a new office space. So that's a praise the Lord. And so we are in 
right off of Harrisburg Pike, right by Wegmans and the post office. We will be offering trauma-informed classes there. We'll be doing pottery classes for anybody that has walked through trauma, that it's a healing process. And our heart is to bring the community to us so we can go back out. And so we'd love to see that support. We have opportunities for sponsorship for the Freedom Walk so we can make that a cost-effective um, event for our community, as well as we're always looking for monthly supporters to help continue and grow the mission. And so thank you for letting us share. And I, I just want you to know, when I get to share, the survivors always say to me, Amy, thank you for being our voice so we can still be protected in our community. And so they are thankful for what you are doing for them so they can continue to grow and develop in their lives. Thanks. Hey, we're all about relationship. And so we're going to close the service like this. We're going to pray over Amy and Sophia, if she wants. You want to come up? No? And Steve and their family and their ministry. Uh, but the chance is right now is then to hang out, not only to spend time with them, get to know them, ask some questions. But this is about us too, is going, okay, God, what do you want to do in my life? Right? We had that list of things that we were like, okay, God, what's stirring in me? What are you doing? And how do I need to take a step? And that's how, always how we want to walk out of church is going, I need to take a step of faith. So will you join me in prayer? Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. And so, Father, uh, we pray over Hope Inspire Love and uh, what they're doing and the relationships that they're building and the advocacy they're doing. Father, may they grow uh, because there's people to be reached and point to you. Father, for each one, uh, Father, we ask uh, just that space yeah. uh, that they get, that they know that they're safe, that they're loved and cared for, and that they can be built into and poured into uh, with a love that makes no sense and they've probably never known. So, Father, help us. Uh, Father, I pray for Amy and Steve and Sophia as they step into this as a part of this organization and carrying this. May their load feel light because it rests on you. And may they understand and feel those spaces of times to go and times to hold. Father, thank you for what you're doing in them. And so, Father, for this whole thing is about you. As we go out today, Father, we even pray for each biker that was out today as we shared a parking lot with. May we have opportunities to show love and grace to them as they're going about their day. But, Father... This is about you. This is your grace and your mercy. And Father, help us today. We love you. We need you. And we're thankful for you. In your precious name, amen. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this community. We hope that today's message helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus and live out what his word is calling you to. Hit the subscribe button below to follow us share with a friend, or leave a review. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at 717.church.